This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. Well, we are kind of continuing. I don't know how far I'm going to get here with the time frame uh, for in our series here. This is the fourth week. We've been talking about unstuck, and uh, we use this passage in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Uh, this is the fourth week going from glory to glory. And our, our text has been 2 Corinthians 3.18, um, and it says this, And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, who is the Spirit. And you know, we said this to be ever-increasing in glory or to be continually changed into what we were created to be is, is to be conformed to the image of Christ. So when you hear the word glory, don't just think so much super spiritual, some churchy type. It actually means this. Ready? To be more like Jesus. Do you got that? That's what that means. It means God desires each and every one of us to grow and conform more into his likeness. Now, when we're born again and we know Christ, we come in right relationship with him, immediately the Spirit of God comes within our spirit. It's called conversion. We accept Christ and our life is transformed inner. But you look the same on the outside. You act the same in many ways. That's where the renewing of the mind happens. That's where God, so some of you think, you know what, I must not really gotten saved because I'm still, oh, I think the same thoughts I still act. No, your spirit man or your spirit woman is, is transformed. It's just, there's some work to be done. How many with me say amen? Are you awake? Amen. I'm wondering what next Sunday is going to be like after the fourth being in the middle of the week. Are you going to be coming in all dragging? <clears throat> Are you going to be just wide awake? Amen. I'm going to believe for that. And so, so we said that each week we talked about to be increasing in, in the character and the nature of God, but a lot of times we get stuck, and that doesn't usually happen to, to, to many of us, and, and we just get stuck. We, we, it was almost like they're frozen in time. It was a, there was an untimely death. There was a divorce. There was a painful situation. There was a sickness. There was a disease. There was just a tragedy. It was just heart-rending, and these things are painful. These things are, are bitter. And, but how many know that God is above all of that? Okay? He's above all of that in that, that, you know, our hope is, see, this earth is not our permanent place. Come on now, people. This is it. I mean, if I took a trillion years and say, okay, 80 years compared to a trillion years, come on now. It's a vapor. The Bible says your life is a smoke. You light something, the smoke comes up, and it's gone. That's really our life in light of it. And so we should learn and grasp and grow and do everything we can now while we're here. Can you say amen? So we have a part to play. We talked about that. Colossians 3.10 says that we are to put on that new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator, become like him. 
And, and so we talked about that, about being, we need to push forward. And, and God desires us. He's going to help you. He's going to walk with you. He's not going to do it all for you, but he's going to walk with you. But we have to kind of push forward. And we talked about how our faith works when it's stretched. And, and, and we said this each week, that God is not, in this verse, telling us that we're going to go and change from a mess to a mess to glory. He said, no, you're going to go from glory to glory. God's desire is that we not get stuck in life. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been seasons in my life I have been stuck. Come on now. And it's like, you know what? The last, forget about week, the last nine months was a really bad time for my life. Come on now, if we're just being honest. It was difficult. It was just a bad season. I felt like I needed to break out of that and, and, and change. And, and God is working with you. He's working with you if you're willing. So the Bible says that, we go from glory to glory. It doesn't say we go from mess to mess to glory. It says we go to glory, glory. It's like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? And we said we not be promoted to this next realm of glory or, once again, being changed until the realm we are presently living is glorious. Or, <clears throat> we said, if we want to go upward in glory, becoming more like Christ, we have to first make glorious the place we're living and functioning right now. And so this should make us all take a good hard look at our lives and ask ourselves this question. Are we living in a glorious stage? Are we stuck somewhere along the way in an ugly, messy stage of our life? Really, because according to these verses, we won't be moving forward into that next level, what God has for us, until our present, hear me, situation we currently find ourselves in becomes glorious. Now, let me just say this. Let me just say this. I've got to temper this. That doesn't mean our lives need to be perfect. Come on now. That it's got to be all perfect. Everything's all together. God's not going to promote us. No. How many know God loves us and knows exactly where we're at? And if our hearts are just willing... In a situation, I mean, I've been faced with something that you felt really hurt by, and somebody hurt you, and, and, and there's a forgiveness issue that needs to take place. Come on now. And, and so you, God's working on you in that, and sometimes you think, you know what, I'm really mad, I'm really hurt. This was a major extraction in my soul that happened to me. And, but God is, he's not going to say, you know what, that's it. You're staying stuck in this pit. He's working on your behalf to help you, to encourage you, to heal your heart. But you have to be willing. Can you say amen? And take that step. And so, um, <clears throat> so it doesn't mean that, that, that God uh, wants our life to be absolutely perfect or we're not going to grow spiritually. I don't believe that's what the scripture is saying. But why would God, I was talking about this, why would God entrust us with more resources if our present financial situation is a shambles? Come on now. <laughs> oh God, we need more, more increase, you know, and you can't handle the money you have right now. Amen? <laughs> Moving right along. <clears throat> so we have to ask ourselves some pointed questions. Have I done all that the Lord has told me to do right now? Well, like what, Pastor Mike? Have you forgiven that person that you know you need to forgive? And it's been going on decades. Maybe weeks. Maybe it's just this morning <laughs> on the way to church. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, you know, are you being obedient because God has told you and he's prompted on your spirit to start a spiritual discipline journey, routine. He's just, I just haven't gotten around to it. I know I need to. I just haven't gotten around to it. Just busy, busy. <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe it's something that you need to pay back that you stole. Amen, Pastor Mike. Thanks for preaching the truth. And that thing you have not forgotten about, and you need to make that right. Amen. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? 
Amen. Some of you are starting to wake up. <clears throat> have I really completed the assignment that God instructed me to do? Have I done it professionally? Have I done it on time? Have I been obedient in those things? And, and, and you know, going about, about finances again, you know, we have a financial piece here that we host, and we have hosted Dave uh, Ramsey. It's a tremendous series and DVD series. We borrow that out. You just got to bring it back. Amen. So we borrow that out for you. It's a great series to help you begin to get your finances in order. And, and some of you, I really believe you have a desire, oh, I really want to, I, I wish I could really give into that. I wish they had that, but just, just have nothing because it's in a shambles. It's not going to change. You're not going to go from glory to glory. You're not going to go from mess to glory until you get that dealt with. Amen? <clears throat> See, this is a message today where we take off the veil. I'm going to talk about that, taking off that veil. What does that mean? Well, it says this in 2 Corinthians 3.18, and this is what I want us to focus on. It says, and we who with unveiled faces, one translation says open face. Can we say that? Say open, open face. All reflect the Lord's glory, or unveiled face. Okay, what does that mean? That word open in the Greek means to unveil, to uncover, or to disclose. But in the Greek, in the Greek tense, it doesn't refer to like a one-time take it away and look and put it back on. It actually means a veil that once it's lifted, watch this, remains lifted forever. That's the posture God wants us to have when it comes to the veil coming. So what does this mean? This means that we must be willing, watch this, to permanently remove the veil from our eyes. See, here's, a, here's where we're a work in progress, and God's working in our life, amen? We, even though we're born again and we're new creations in Christ Jesus, there's some work we need to do that God has called us. We must be willing to permanently remove the veil from our eyes, which means that if a veil can be removed, that there's possibly a veil there. Amen? Possibly. And to take an honest look in the mirror in order to truthfully acknowledge the condition of our present uh, situation, to be changed, to be changed, to be willing. <clears throat> you know, uh, the Bible says that, 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 that humility, God gives grace to the humble. I'm going to say that again. God gives grace to the humble. You know who it, he resists? God resists prideful people. I don't want to be a prideful person. Have you been a prideful person? I have. I don't like it. It's not good. And God has a way to humble you. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. Come on now. I mean, if you're an impatient person, which I, I'm very impatient, I'm sorry, but I'm better at it now. See, now when I get in the line and I see it's empty and I go over with my cart and it's a new person there, or I thought this line would be quicker and everyone in the next line is going through, going through, and I just pull up my phone, praise his name, and I just, you know, I love someone. I send a text to someone, you know, I love you, and <sighs> but I'm getting better. <laughs> so, because I don't want to go from mess, I know I can't. Because God will do that. He, he He loves us so much. He wants us to change. He wants us to change. Amen. So, but only after we truthfully see and acknowledge that we are, we can, be, you know, we can only make this change sincerely. So, in other words, a truthful recognition of the facts is part of the process that removes the veil. Someone shout the facts. That means truth. Now, watch this. We're going somewhere with this is part of the process that removes the veil from our eyes so that the Lord can correct us, change us, transform us. You know, people that have a warped concept that only God is love. He's only love. He's nothing else. You know what? In raising children, how many know you to love your children? Come on. I mean, you love each other. You would have stepped in front of that bullet for your child. Come on. Amen? You lay your life down for your child, but you also should discipline your children. 
Amen? And so, so there's, a, there's, there's a responsibility here. God also corrects us because he loves us. Are we awake? <clears throat> Simple stuff here. I know it's real deep, but it's just, you know. <clears throat> Correct us, change us, transform us, prepare us to move, prepare us to move upward into the next glorious phase of our life. And so you say, well, how so? I mean, how does this happen? Well, this one's really deep. You ready? Do you have any good Christian friends in your life? Yeah. I don't know about you, but every day in my life, I get up, unless I'm some remote place in the jungle, somewhere on a missions field, I look into the mirror, physically mirror. I mean, I mean, I think most of you do that, right? Because <laughs> why? I can see, but I can't see. How many can see the back of your head right now? No. But your friend can, and the guy behind you can. And they can see things. You can see things. You know what? You got something in your hair, or you got less hair today than you did. You know, whatever it may be. You know, you, you, they can see things. You know. So if you're not connected to anybody, and you're just a sole little island, you're in a dangerous situation, my brother, my sister, my friend. You're in a dangerous situation. I have made myself accountable to people, and I meet regularly, and I just had a pastor call and said, hey, let's go out. Yep. I met with some of them here in this community, and you know, building more relationships with them and, and, and people. And, and, and those are the times of change in my life. So if you're not around anyone, because why? Most of us, hey, man, just, just, that's good for you. Don't, you know, don't, don't get in my chili. Just leave me. I, I, I can do whatever I want. No, as a Christian, we are submitting to God's rule over our life. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you just open book. Everyone just comes in, speak into your life and tell you, you're going to be the most confused person in the world. It's f- close friends, I said. Uh, maybe a pastor, a counselor, godly leaders, maybe a godly family member that can help you in this. People that you live life with that are close enough to you to help you see your blind spots. We all have blind spots. And so here's the thing. We're not going to change unless we get over the blind spot. Come on, this is real practical stuff here. Real basic. You know, if you have a problem with anger, everyone around you can see it and know it, but you. And until someone lovingly is in part of your life in, in a life-giving way, says, you know, dude, there's something, you, you really, you know, this anger issue here is just really out of control. And there's where the change happens. Amazing. We're changed. We're different. And how many want to change? About three of you. It's great. <laughs> Corey. Well, notice what the scripture says, moving along quickly here. We are changed after the veil is removed from our eyes. Let me say that again. We are ch- I'm going to say it the opposite way. We will not be changed unless the veil is removed. And you have a part to play. And that's where we get stuck in life. We get stuck. And we don't want that. So that's our part. The word change in the Greek is an interesting word. It's a compound of the words meta and morpho. The word meta carries the idea of exchange. While the word morpho is a Greek word for a person's, this is what I thought was interesting, outward form. Okay. Together, the compound word means, it means metamorpho. It means to transfigure or transform one's appearance. Now, that kind of blew me away when I dug into the Greek about that because I figured it should be to transform one's mind, okay, into how you think, which is part of that. But it actually means that when your mind is transformed, it'll affect your appearance, Wow, what does that mean? It's actually, there's just a few references in the scripture. Romans 12, 3 tells us we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
Come on now. And it actually means, finally, Paul uses the same word, metamorpho, here in 2 Corinthians 3.18. The word change speaks of an actual, watch this, real transformation of our minds that spills over to our outward action in appearance. Let me give you an example. You used to wear, uh, temper this. Before Christ, ladies, hooch wear was the way to go. I know that dated me. That's probably a 70s or 80s, maybe a 90s. You get my point. Come on now, all this voluptuous stuff, whatever. You know what? After Christ, there should be a level of modesty. Come on now. I'm not talking about, you know, look like an old raggedy old bag. Come on now. You don't use deodorant. You don't brush your teeth. You don't shave, you know, whatever. I'm going to move on after that. But there should be a transformation that, 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 that happens. And it's talking that within eternal things that God is doing in our spirit man or spirit woman should have an outward focus. You know, I've met people that look at it and go, you just shine with God's presence and glory. Or they have a servant's heart, all right? Or they just have a love of God on them. Or just, they're magnetic. You know what? There's a grace on your life of leadership. And it's like you can just mentor women. There's just something about you that as a woman, a woman of God, and there's a strength in you. That's the glory of God. There's men and women here in this place that reflect that. You do. You reflect that in your life. Isn't that a great thing for someone to say that about you? Isn't that? To be, so, so metamorphosis is a change. Our behavior before Christ. You were foul mouth. You cursed all the time. Some of you even now, it's like, praise God, his name. Blankety, blank, 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 blank. All right, come on. There's a change that has to happen, all right? Well, pastor, God's doing a deep work within. He is doing a deep work, but that work's got to come out. That's what this says. Come on now. And so maybe it's like, you know what? I'm not going to say nothing. Good. You know, you're, you're facing the face. I think this is hitting home with some people right now. So it's going to meddle. And this is practical stuff. All right? What's the purpose of coming to church day in and day, you know, day out, week or week in, week out, or month in and month out, or every six months, whatever it is, okay? And, and, and there's no change in our life. Amen. Thank you, brother. The Holy Spirit lets us know through the Apostle Paul that we can actually exchange our present appearance, our current status for one that is more glorious if we sincerely desire it. He goes on. We can move upward and into the glory that God has prepared for us. <clears throat> and, and, and so here's the thing. We don't want to be the people that stick our head in the sand. Amen? You know, we, we can try to hide our heads in the sand and pretend that everything in our lives is glorious when it's not, but that does not make everything glorious. Amen? In fact, denying of the truth would just keep us stuck in the same hard place for a longer period of time. Why? Because to move to the next level or phase of glory with God, life in God, we must be willing. Someone shall willing to lift the veil. That's your job. From our eyes and acknowledge that we need to be transformed. I've heard people, you know, say this to me. Pastor, if you see something in my life or whatever, and you know, please tell me. I usually take a step back. Yeah, I mean, I've actually had people say, you know, take me out into the woods, tie me into a tree, and shoot me. Okay, that's not going to happen. I ain't going to jail for your sin, but <clears throat> you, you know what I mean? So I really am cautious when people say that to me. It's like, you know what? God's going to show you what you, you need, but, but th thank you for being open and transparent and in a life-giving way. And whenever I meet with people, and I'm always meeting with people, and they say something to me like, you know what, Pastor, what should I do in this situation? How would you act? I sometimes want to fall down on the floor and go, oh my God, this is a man of God I'm talking to. This is a woman of God. I, I just can't believe it because they're that willing to want to grow. 
Most people are not that way. Come on now. We don't want to be those people. Amen? We want to go from glory to glory. We want to be changed into God's image. How is the world going to desire and want to see what we have if we're just like them? Amen. Almost done. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We need to be transformed. We remove that veil. You know, <clears throat> it may be difficult for a flesh and our pride. And that's why it's someone that's close to you, someone that knows you and you've spent life with. That's what I'm talking about here. You know, there's people that run around, they try to give <clears throat> a, a 1-900 prophecy or 1-800 prophecy to everybody, have a word for everybody. Oh, I'm not talking about that. You, you need to like, stop, you, you don't know me. You know, and, and even if someone was to do that and, and you recognize them as a man, a woman of God, and they have a reputation, you know, you can receive from that. If you know their heart is right, they're going to do it in a way. They're not going to be obnoxious. Come on now. <clears throat> they're not going to close your spirit. It's going to open your spirit, and it's going to resound. Go, oh, 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 wow. Looks like God is looking into my soul. <laughs> Amen? And, and so we grow from that. We grow from that. You still with me? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. <clears throat> Self-deception. You know, <clears throat> we all have to look in the mirror. I talked about the mirror earlier here and looking in it. I look in the mirror every, every day to get up because I don't know what needs to be straightened out or whatever and cleaned up and, you know, and trimmed and all of that. And, <clears throat> and, and why? Because that's the only way I know how to see. And we talked about God's word being that mirror. But here's the thing. God has chosen to use other people to help us see. That's why if you're a Lone Ranger, you're not plugged in a local church, you're hit and miss, uh, you're not going to see the blind spots. And here's the thing. Things are not going to get better for you, just consecutively worse. Worse. It's constantly people getting divorced. How long are you married? 20 years, 30 years, you know, 35, 38 years. You know, what? wow, what's going on here? And they, you, next thing you know, you see a pattern. A pattern starts happening, and they're disconnected, and they're not, they're not connected with other brothers and sisters in Christ and in God's kingdom. You still love me? Say amen. <clears throat> Self-deception. And I'm going to end off on a high note, so just, just relax. We're going to be good to go here. Self-deception, <laughs> like, oh, God. Self-deception, uh, excuse me, self-deception is not the worst thing we do, but it's the reason we can do the worst things. Self-deception is not the worst thing we do, but is the reason why we so easily miss God. That's why we need that veil to come off of our life. You with me? Say amen. You know, telling yourself everything is all right. It may temporarily relieve the pain, but it's just, it's, it's, we have to hit the facts head on. And if we ignore it, the, it's, 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 it's too costly. It's too costly. You know, let me just say this too. And Man, we got to step up to the plate and be the men of God that God has called us to be. And if our relationships are in shambles or our, our, our relationship with our wife is not right or, you know, whatever, you know, we need to, we, need to, we invest, we, we buy things that we want and spend thousands of dollars. Come on now. Come on, I, I got to get all those nice fishing lures. You know, I got to get that new boat. Or there's that motorcycle. There's that car. There's that house. Or there's that new nice lawnmower. There's nothing wrong with these things. But when it comes time, uh, you need to pay for counseling for, for your marriage. I'm not paying for nothing, man. I've heard that. Come on now. We'll spend thousands of dollars. C come on, I I'm speaking truth now. Thousands. You know, buy it right now. Oh, we need that. Yeah, yeah. You just need to spend 50, 75, or 100 bucks for an hour for, well, I don't want to do that. 
How crazy is that? That is crazy. Amen. <laughs> I said, I'm going to end off on a, a good note. I really am. <laughs> oh. Hallelujah. Truthfulness can be painful. <laughs> but the pain is short-lived in the end. It produces tremendous change. You know, in the Old Testament, the Israelites believed that their prosperity was a sign of their rightness with God. And Isaiah, he had this as his mission to open their eyes and ears because they were self-deceived. And, and he said this, Isaiah, this is kind of funny. He goes, bring out the people who are blind yet have eyes, who are deaf yet have ears. He was speaking directly because you guys think just because you're prosperous, you're good to go and you're in right standing with God, you're not. You're blind. You may see, but you're blind. You, you have ears, but you're deaf. Wow. Friends, this kind of change I'm describing to you today is only initiated, initiated when you're willing to get honest with yourself and with God about your behavior, your attitudes, and the condition in every area of your life. Amen? And so we want that uh, veil removed from our life. Uh, one a couple more slides here. If the stage of life you're in right now is not glorious, you will be stuck in the current mess until you become willing to take off that veil. I can't seem to get along with this person, whatever. You, you need an intervention. You need help. I can't seem to get my finances, whatever. Go to somebody that's got their finances in order and say, you know what? There's some things we can do here. What, what can we do? Can we help? I'll buy you lunch. Can you help? Come on now. You look and you see a couple in here. They got a great marriage and your marriage is struggling. Can, can we just take you eyes out for dinner? Come on now. Can we take you eyes out for dinner? Can, can you help us through? I see you guys have been through this or that. That's what it means to take the veil off. You humble yourself. And there's plenty of people here in this place that, that can help you and would love you along the way in that. Amen? You know, God wants us to take us from glory to glory, to take us from glory to glory. And, <clears throat> but he has a lot of, actually, God's outside of time. How many know that? I mean, Moses waited 40 years in the back of the wilderness. Time with God is, you know... <laughs> So time with us is a big thing. So, so anyhow, we got to get serious. We got to get serious with this. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. Just want to end with something that the gospel really is the message of hope. And so even though this is a message for believers in Christ that, you know, once we're born again, once we're saved, we are not perfect. Some say, well, I'm a work in progress. Well, it's a good term, but it's, you know, it's true, but it's even more than that. It's that God desires us to be changed into his image. That's what he wants. He wants to see little Jesuses, <laughs> the image of Christ. That's what he wants. People that reflect, and some, some of you are going to reflect a different facet of the nature of God than with others. Some of you will reflect a strength of the Lord in that. I just want to encourage you, whatever it is that God is bringing you to, don't let pride, don't let these things cause you to get stuck God wants us to be unstuck. And there's hope, there's freedom, and there's deliverance. And here's the thing. I just feel this word, this is a word as we conclude here, that God is calling us, Harvest, to be all in. Did you hear that? It's time to be all in. Right now, there's too much half in the world and half in the church going on. I'm just being honest. We're just, you know, some not even in, but, but, but this is for the Christian. I'm talking to Christians now. And half in, half out, and, you know, lackadaisically here and real passionate here. And, and, and God is calling us all. And I, I include myself in this. I include myself, my wife, my family. I include, we're all in. God is calling us up higher, okay? 
we're coming into building a new building out on some beautiful property out there. We're moving forward with this. It's going to be amazing. This community is growing. I don't know if you've noticed. The city people have showed up, okay? You can't pull out anywhere where someone pulling in front of you, you know, and the city people are here. There's people that God is bringing this community that he has for our church. He has a body for every seat and more and more. He wants to use you. He wants to have you. He's preparing. He's been preparing us for 20 years. What? For this moment that people see Christ and they go, you know what? Something about that church, those people there, it's just inviting and I don't know, something different. They, they're authentic. They're just real. They're not trying to be perfect. They just, there's some glory about them. That's what God has for us. You know, in Acts chapter 20, there's a guy named Eutychus. And well, Paul, he was preaching a long time. This guy was on the third balcony sitting in a window and he was straddling the window with one foot in the church and one foot out, straddling. And I thought about that and I thought, well, <clears throat> the Bible says that while Paul was preaching, he fell asleep. He fell asleep out of the church. He fell three stories down and died. I thought, okay, so what happened? The first thing is the ushers go down to clean up his body. So they run down and pick up, this guy's dead, pick him up, scrape him up, whatever, get him out of here, go bury him. And then I, I just, as I was reading it, his Bible says something interesting. The Bible says that Paul, watch this now, this is for us all. Paul left the church service where he was preaching and ran to that man. So in other words, it was important. The word was being preached but he models what God wants each and every one of us to do. To leave the church and to go out. Come on now. Watch this. Now watch. His name was Eutychus. You know why they named him Eutychus? Because you would have cussed too if you fell three stories and hit the ground. Amen. Come on. I told you I'm going to make this lighter. Amen. But, but some of the church folks, they were, they were ready to get rid of him. They throw him away. He was a, this guy was in church. He was on the worship team. He fell. She was on the worship team. This happened. They helped out. They served. They were usher. You know, he was a businessman. He was just really involved. He fell off the map or he got into some gross sin, whatever. All these things. They kind of just, there's this mindset. You might have gotten what you wanted, but you don't have to keep what you got. And I think about that. Friends, we serve a God that says, I make all things new. The Bible says Paul ran to him, fell on him. In other words, maybe it was a guy, maybe it was a gal that fell out of this church. I don't know. I've never even been into church. Fell out some other situation. They had it all together. The Bible says Paul ran to him, and the Bible says something very profound, and this is what we're going to end with. The Bible says that he fell on him, and he held him, and he said these words. There's still life in him Whew. there's still life in them there's so many that are out there and there's still life they've fallen out for some reason some some situation some offense some hurt someone didn't smile at them or whatever big or small it is and they they fell out and they feel that the church has just pushed him out. And, and, but Paul, he ran to him and he grabbed him and he held him. And he said, there's still life in you. There's still life in you. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Every head bowed, please. Spirit of the Lord is saying to you today, 
Some of you feel like I am stuck. I've been listening to this whole series and I am stuck. And I want to become unstuck, Pastor. And the Spirit of God is saying, yeah, I know you may be faced with an impossible situation, but I just prophetically declare today, there's still life in you. There's still life in you. There's life. You're not dead. God is a restoring God. He's into restoration. There's hope. There's hope for that family member. There's hope for that son, that daughter. There's hope for that relationship. There's still hope. Why? Because there's still life in you. You're here today and say, Pastor, I, I don't feel that life. I don't feel I'm going to any glorious stage. I need to get right with God. I don't know who you are, but this simple prayer, but very costly prayer, can change your life if you mean it. And I believe the Spirit of God is here. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm going to try this Jesus. I'm going to take this step of faith. I don't understand. I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of hurts. I've got a lot of things I don't get about you. But I'm going to take this step. If that's you, pray with me as we pray together and those watching by television. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I humble myself. Jesus, I believe died on that cross for my sin. Now, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life, Jesus, and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, today, I give you my life. Now, take it in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. And the Spirit of God just resided within your spirit, man or woman. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to break free. I feel like I'm stuck. And it's not necessarily a sin issue. It just could just be a, a broken issue, a hurt from the past. And it's just, it's like a ball in a chain. It's something that has happened to you and you, you weren't really the one at fault per se. And, and you just feel stuck with every head bowed in here. Every head bowed, please. They say, I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but you say, Pastor, I want to get unstuck. Let me just see your hand. Just raise it quickly. Put it down. Thank you. Hands going up everywhere. God bless you. You can put them down. Thank you. I see that hand in the back and the front. Anybody else? I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? I want to be free. I want to be free. Jesus said there's still life. There's still, there's an anointing for life. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? The Spirit of God is dealing with people. I want to be free. Hallelujah. Come on now, church. Let's begin to pray. Hallelujah. I have a prayer. I have actually have a prayer. I'm going to pray over you. And then we're going to have altar workers come forward. This is my prayer. Let's pray together. Lord God, today, we want to take the veil off of our eyes and get honest about our situation. Lord, we can see that much of our present life is not glorious. And many times we had wanted you to promote us from mess to a mess, to a new level of your glory. But Lord, today we see that your promotions always move from one level of glory to a higher level of glory. Show us today, Lord God, every area in our life that needs to be changed. And Lord, help us each to give you complete liberty to transform those parts of our life. Lord God, we want to go to a higher level of glory. So Lord, we are asking you to help us. Help us here. 
First, make our present situation a glorious testimony of your grace. Lord, we ask for this now. In the mighty name of Jesus, in all God's people said. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.